you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And of course, as we're a few days away from the NIL world, the name, image, and likeness world officially being upon us, well, we're going to have to figure out how to make some money if you're a college athlete. And well, it's not just going to be about how you perform on the field or the court these days. No, you're going to need some star power if you really want to cash in on NIL. And with that in mind, I want to talk about some current and former Tigers who have that star quality and just a few examples of great Mizzou athletes who, for whatever reason, just don't have that certain je ne sais quoi. But first, I want to remind you to join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikma and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and look ahead to next year's draft as well. So follow Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Now, much has been made from Missouri Tiger fans and even Eli Drinkwitz himself about the importance of St. Louis for football recruiting. Well, it just so happens for the class of 2022 that the two top-ranked receivers in the entire country reside in the St. Louis area. We've talked about Luther Burden quite a bit. He's currently, of course, in Oklahoma verbal commit, but Eli Drinkwood's still recruiting him hard, the rest of the staff, and, well, the momentum seems like it's trending in Missouri's direction. Now, Burden is taking his visits to Georgia, to Oklahoma, to Alabama. In fact, all of these kids are cramming an incredible amount of visits into the last few weeks here just because, well, this whole recruiting world is finally open again. And for the past year plus, guys have had to do all of this on Zoom, like much of us had for much of our lives. So now we're entering a much-deserved dead period here because, frankly, not only the coaches need some time off, the kids probably need some time off from traveling every weekend as well with football about to start here in another few weeks. But even though Missouri is still in okay shape, certainly not the leader, but are in decent shape with Luther Burden, well, the other top two wide receiver in the nation from St. Louis, Kevin Coleman, well, he hadn't been considering Missouri at all, at least until recently. And here's the quote that's gotten people talking about Kevin Coleman. He said, at one point in time, I said I didn't want to stay nowhere near home, but I see a lot of guys that went far away, went to big places, transferring back here and just transferring in general. So right now, I'm just open to everything. And after a good talk with Coach Drinkwitz today, Mizzou will be back in my top schools. So obviously on an individual level, that's incredibly encouraging. Anytime you're suddenly getting a five-star player of any kind to sniff around your school, well, two thumbs up. But just in general, also it just shows the momentum of this program right now. You're getting guys that previously thought that they were above Mizzou, apparently, or, or for whatever reason just didn't want to stay near school. But now 
we're showing that we can do better. Drinkwitz is showing that he can take this program to the next level. So for Missouri to even get one of those players would be enormous. To get either Burden or Coleman would be a, a huge win, to say the least. But, unfortunately, getting them both seems like it may be unlikely at this moment. Not only because, well... It's hard to sign two five-star receivers in one class no matter who you are. But apparently, according to the press box with Frank Cusimano in the St. Louis area, apparently Coleman and Burden actually have beef that goes back multiple years to when they were, were younger men, even though they're they're quite young still, let's be honest. But when they were playing youth football, apparently there's some sort of, of conflict here. Well, quite honestly... If you're Eli Drinkwitz, I'd be going, now wait a second here. I'm pretty sure I can get the, unless there's just something completely personal here that I'm unaware of, surely we can get these two guys in a room and put this competitive rivalry to bed. I've got to assume that's mostly what it is, a competitive rivalry here. So if we can get these two guys pointed in the same direction, listen, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm not saying, hey, Missouri's going to sign both of these cats. But what I am saying is, a lot of people have gotten nervous about, oh, no, they, they don't like each other. What does this do for our chances of getting both or either? I, I don't know. I'm not saying that the press box guy has his information wrong. I'm saying that young, competitive guys can bow out their chest sometimes and be alphas. But once you get them under the same tent, they realize that they have a lot in common. In fact, I have some experience with that when one of my best buddies, Jake, moved to Ashland in like 7th, 8th grade. Well, it turned out we were sort of puffing each ass out of each other. It turned out when we started playing basketball together, we realized, oh, we actually complement each other well. And in fact, we have a lot in common and we're great friends to this day. So the whole Kevin Coleman, Luther Burden thing, let's not make too much out of that. And speaking of St. Louis area stud football players, well, quarterback former East St. Louis quarterback and current Missouri Tiger Tyler Macon just happens to follow me on Twitter. We had some good interactions over a year ago when I discussed him as a player and gave him some praise. Well, interestingly enough, one of his younger teammates started following me on Twitter the other day, which I'm frankly going to take as a good sign for Missouri's chances of getting that man's services in the 2023 class, I want to talk about him and Missouri's upcoming basketball matchup with Iowa State this coming year. But first, I got to tell you about the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action, and that's Bet Online. And of course, we do have the absolute best deal on the internet. I'll tell you about that in just a little bit. But regardless if you're into Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, Maybe you're a golf type. Hey, maybe you're like a Caleb Evans, the new Missouri cornerback who is apparently an avid golfer. Maybe he had some money on Harrison English this past this past week. Or was it Harris English? I think it's Harris English. Harris, Harrison, regardless of what it is, you got to head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Sign up today and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, we'll give you 50% on top of your first deposit as a welcome when you use the promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, I figured out how to have a lot of fun 
on Twitter over the years. I really have. But one thing I try not to do is get obsessed or focused on in any way. Oh, who's following me? Who's not following me? How many followers do I have? And all that nonsense. Because that is just an endless pit of narcissism, to be quite frank with you. But... When a six foot seven, three hundred and thirty-six pound teenager follows you, well, it's hard not to notice that young man. And indeed, Miles McVeigh from East St. Louis High School, for younger teammate of Tyler Macon, part of that state championship team. Well, he's an offensive tackle and a very, very highly rated twenty twenty-three prospect, six point uh, his total rating, which if you're unfamiliar with rivals, that means he's pretty darn close to being five stars. I wouldn't be surprised if he got that bump up at a certain point. But it's not just that he followed me on social media. I think there's a lot of legitimate interest from Miles McVeigh to Missouri right now. Obviously, the East St. Louis connection has yielded a lot of dividends for the Tigers so far. And hey, Miles McVeigh, if you happen to be listening, Come on down, pal. We'd absolutely love to have you. And by the way, I mentioned a week or so ago that the one thing I was worried about that could actually derail all of this recruiting momentum is frankly the fans and more specifically their attendance. I just don't want to see 54,000 people at the first game, especially with considering that Faro Field's capacity has been reduced in the south end zone era. There's really no excuse for the Tiger fans, the fans of Columbia and just this surrounding area, not to get in the building, really. Honestly, let's show up and show this unprecedented recruiting success that Missouri's having right now. Let's show it some unprecedented support, too. Well, you know what, Tiger fans, good on you because so far, so good. According to Gabe DeArmond at Power Mizzou, interest for season tickets and student tickets is up significantly from 2019. Now, mind you, that's two years ago. We're not talking about 2020 here. We're not talking about the pandemic season. And another thing to keep in mind, that was a good season for the Tigers in 2018. And traditionally, you're going to see the uptick of interest after a good season like that. Now, obviously, 2019 was a really disappointing season and started off on a terrible note with a loss to Wyoming. But still, just for a comparison's sake, that's actually a a decent bar. That's a fair bar to compare it to, and not necessarily an easy one either. So I find this really, really encouraging that the interest is not only up from your season ticket buyers and providers, but also from the students as well. Because, man, student interest just in general, especially in the basketball program, but even the football program. It's just been noticeably down the last few years. So a really encouraging sign so far. And in case you missed it, Missouri basketball this coming January 29th will be playing at Iowa State in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And well, on paper, you'd think, hey, that seems like a fun game. But gosh, the Cyclones last year were 2-22. and Yes, you heard that right. Two wins the entire season. And as you might expect, a new coach coming. So this may not exactly be the best Cyclones team we've ever seen. I will say, though, I'd certainly rather play the Clones 
than TCU or West Virginia, who uh, enough with those teams, by the way. I think I don't ever need to play West Virginia in the Big 12 Challenge again. But I guess what I'm curious about with this game is can Hilton Coliseum, the Hilton Magic, can that get me going again? Can that get my my emotional attachment to these old Big 8 teams in basketball going again? Because quite frankly, we played Oklahoma the last two years, and it didn't really do that for me. We played them in neutral court environments, though. So in the NCAA tournament and then the previous year in Kansas City at the Sprint Center. And while those are good games, those are games that I got up for, it just wasn't remotely the same as what it used to be when Kelvin Sampson or Billy Tubbs were storming the sidelines. It just wasn't. Didn't have that same feel. Now, obviously, Kansas is going to be the exception here. There's no doubt that that Kansas rivalry, it's going to be electric. Whether it's in Columbia, Lawrence, or Kansas City, the atmospheres for those games are going to be insane. But I'm just wondering, are we ever going to get that feeling that we had back from some of those other old Big 8 rivalries? Because guess what? Norm Stewart and Johnny Orr, that was a genuine rivalry. I really don't think those guys liked each other at all. And yet, there just isn't that same quality of emotion that seems to exist anymore outside of the Kansas game. Now, hopefully I'm wrong, honestly, because I'd love to see Hilton Magic kind of get me a little bit of get me those old feelings getting bubbling up again. A little bit of nostalgia sometimes goes a long way. But speaking of Norm Stewart, I do want to talk about the Tigers and star power in my final segment. But before we get there, I want to talk to you about Built Bar, which is, in my humble opinion, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. You can't go wrong with any variety whatsoever, but to me, coconut, that's my absolute favorite. But no doubt there's something for everyone at Built Bar. So try all of them with a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And most of them have about 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. So go to BuildBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off that first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuildBar.com. Well, I've already seen a few Mizzou athletes, including Connor Basilak and Ennis Rakestraw, basically put out on social media that they're open for business when it comes to the name, image, and likeness rules that are apparently coming on July 1st. They're going, hey, bring it on. We'll take we'll take some es- extra revenue. What the heck? But here's my question. While Connor Basilak and Ennis Rakestraw certainly good football players and notably football players, my question would be, does either one of them have star qualities? I'm not so sure that they do yet. But I'll tell you, Tyler Beatty might. That kid is incredibly charismatic just likable, just has that certain it quality that is hard to completely put your finger on. Now, here's the thing. Again, once again, it's not just about how you do on the field. It is about that it factor. And there are going to be some college athletes who, I promise you, are going to start like a gaming channel on Twitch or YouTube, and it's going to take off. And they're going to make a bunch of money on this stuff. But it's going to be those ones. It's not just going to be because... 
they throw a heck of a spiral, it's going to be because they not only have a bit of a star quality, but they have, I don't know, I guess the, the Kardashian effect of you know, just working hard, too, quite honestly. I hate to give the Kardashians any credit, but those ladies, they grind. They're always working. you got to give them that. But as worthless as many of us think the Kardashians or various reality TV stars might be, well, they have to have something to them. There has to be some kind of it factor that's tough to really put your finger on. And you know what? I was listening to Sirius XM radio the other day, and there was an interesting story about the traveling Wilburys. Now, for you younger listeners, you probably aren't aware of who the Wilburys are. Well, this was a super group composed of George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, and Roy Orbison. Now, those are some enormous, enormous names in music history and guys that had undeniable star power. George Harrison, for instance, I mean, who's ever had more star power than the Beatles in their, hey, in their heyday? Well, George Harrison was actually talking about what makes a, a traveling Wilbury, and he used a couple actors as an example. He said Jack Nicholson, for instance. Now, that guy's a Wilbury. He's just got that star power. But Richard Dreyfus, while Richard Dreyfus, and this is George Harrison's opinion, while Dreyfus was an undeniably great actor, he was not a Wilbury. So that got me thinking, which Mizzou athletes and coaches throughout history were Wilburys, and which ones, frankly, despite their athletic prowess, were not? Well, to me, the most obvious of all the traveling Wilburys in Mizzou history has got to be Norm Stewart. I mean, yes, the guy was a great coach, and some of his players, yeah, Norm could be a hard guy to play for. But when it comes to getting the quality of emotion from Missouri fans, was there anybody better? Was there anybody better, for those of you who attended Norm Stewart camp back in the day, of telling that silly joke every single year about Shelbina and indoor plumbing? Yes, we heard it every year, and yet it's still got a laugh every single year. That's a traveling Wilbury, everybody. And also him and Billy Tubbs, you know what? I started to realize something as I got older and started doing some research. Those guys were in on it together. Yeah, they were wildly competitive, but you know what? All that barbs they shot at each other through the media, that all seemed like in good fun and just a way to juice the Oklahoma-Missouri rivalry. And guess what? For seven-year-old me, it worked. I hated Billy Tubbs and eventually realized, oh, wait, Billy actually wasn't that bad of a guy. Also, going back to the past, I really think Don Faroe was kind of a rock star, too, when you think about it. Now, here's a guy who had the guts to hoe his own road, essentially, to create an entirely new offense called the Split T. And by the way, it worked. He essentially ushered option football into a new era, and so much of the concepts that Don Faroe helped create are alive to this day. I mean, the guy was really a true innovator and a pioneer of football. And not only that, he just had some kind of quality to him. Even in his older days, when I would see Don Farreau in his 90s at the field that was named after him, he was just kind of among the people, going to the John, taking a, taking a leak like the rest of us, and yet there was just an undeniable presence that that, that man had. He really did. Now, of course, Quinn Snyder. We all know he's a traveling Wilbury, right? 
that that face was made to be on a cereal box or something. Let's be honest. I also think Kareem Rush is a definite Will Berry. Just something about that cat as well. A certain certain cool factor, something there with him as well. Also, Michael Porter Jr. Undeniably, when you saw him, his when he showed up on campus and he started walking around with Jeremiah Tillman and his brother and Mitchell Smith and whoever, well, that group was suddenly the traveling Wilburys just because Michael Porter Jr. was there. That guy had a, a magnetism, and yeah, it doesn't hurt that he's a handsome guy too, I'll be honest with you. And just a couple more basketball players and by the way clearly there are more basketball players on this list because football players are inherently more anonymous but I think we can all agree that Anthony Peeler and Derek Chivas are two two of the coolest guys to ever put on a Missouri uniform also when I was listening to Ryan Rosillo's show a few months back I actually shared the soundbite with you on the pod but I think Michael Vick basically confirmed that Jeremy Macklin is a traveling Wilbury. He's not only was not only electric on the football field, but just not only had a certain cool factor, but according to Michael Vick, he was an absolute alpha male too, who if he didn't get the targets he felt like he was deserved or owed that week or needed in order to help the team win, well he'd let you hear about it, no doubt about it. Now, that's all on the positive side, and I certainly don't want to get too negative here as I give a couple examples of guys who I think, despite their incredible football prowess, were not traveling Wilburys. And to me, the best example of that is Brad Smith and Justin Smith. Yes, the Smith brothers. You know, we can just on pure football ability alone, Brad Smith may be the most exciting player I've ever seen. But he's also a guy that has frankly never wanted the spotlight outside of the football field. By all accounts, he's a great guy and a smart guy, but he's not a star. He just doesn't have that outward personality. He doesn't need to be the center of attention and all that stuff. And kind of a similar thing with Justin Smith. You know, a a guy who's Godzilla, just one of the greatest athletes you've ever seen, probably the purest strongest the most pure strength you've ever seen I mean the guy shows up at 18 years old as a true freshman and is basically pushing around all the upperclassmen on the offensive line and physically dominating him the second he steps foot in camp so obviously that's very star quality but he's also a guy that keeps to himself and you know as an interior lineman in the NFL despite making millions and millions and millions of dollars was never really recognized widely for his good play or anything like that. Again, the guy's made a boatload of money, been incredibly successful. I think Justin Smith's a borderline NFL Hall of Famer, but I just don't think he's a star. I don't think he's a traveling Wilbury. So with my point here, a long way of getting there is that, hey, guess what? Just because you're a great athlete doesn't mean you're necessarily going to cash in on NIL. But if you have some personality... If you have some foresight, again, hey, guys, that gaming channel, I'm telling you, that's a way to make some money. If you have the foresight, get it out there before everybody else, have a little bit of ambition, there's some opportunities out there. But honestly, for 90% of college athletes, not a whole lot's really going to change here. But for those of you who have that special quality, whether it's work ethic, whether it's just you know the, the it factor, well, there's definitely opportunities out there for you. 
All right, and with all that being said, this is officially the end of the line. Did you see what I did there? Huh? Huh? Yes, it's the end of the line on this episode of Locked on Mizzou. But be sure to check out Locked on today if you need more sports news. And, of course, you can get all the sports news you need in 15 to 20 minutes on Locked on today with Peter Bukowski five days a week. So be sure to follow that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.